This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels and more, we are here to help you find something great to read. Hello, Books and Nachos listeners. I'm Arnie, here to bring you a review of a book that in no way, shape, or form is connected to Now Playing, the movie review podcast I host and that you can find at nowplayingpodcast.com. Stuart and I have been reviewing a large number of stories on Books and Nachos lately that do tie into the series over at Now Playing, and we hope you've been enjoying them, but I thought I'd take this show between Stuart's Jaws 1 and Jaws 4 book reviews to look at a non-film-related work of fiction. The book I'm reviewing today is Wars, The Battle of Phobos Part 1, Healers and Hunters by Nathan P. Butler. Before I get into the novel, or really novella is what it's billed as, I want to fully disclose my own connection to the book. Nathan P. Butler, the author, is a friend of mine and has been for many years as he and I are both Star Wars podcasters. He's a regular segment host on my Star Wars collecting podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. And he and I are both panelists on Republic Forces Radio Network, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Clone Wars TV series, which you can find at RepublicForces.com. Through Nathan, I've become aware of GrailQuest Books, a new publishing company which has published this novella, and I've actually been asked to do a number of interviews which you can read on their website. In fact, you can read my full interview with Nathan regarding this work at GrailQuest Books' website, GrailQuestBooks.com. All that said, Books and Nachos is owned by Venganza Media Incorporated and is not affiliated with GrailQuest Books nor with Nathan P. Butler, and this review is being done by me. It wasn't requested by anyone at GrailQuest nor by Nathan, and I want to impress upon you, the listener, the opinions expressed here are my own unvarnished opinion of this novella. Now, I will admit I read this book for two reasons. The first is it was written by a friend of mine, his first published prose. He has self-published two novels in the past as well as a Star Wars comic for Dark Horse, but this is his first professionally published novel. The second reason I read the book is because Josh at GrailQuest Books asked me to interview Nathan for his site. And, to be honest, Hunters and Healers isn't a book I would likely have picked up on my own were it not for those two facts. I am a fan of science fiction and adventure stories, but there is so much genre fiction out there, it really is hard for any specific novel to stand out. And without a in-person recommendation or a tie to an existing franchise I'm already reading or an author I'm already reading, it probably wouldn't have jumped out to me. And more, this book is licensed fiction. The entire Wars universe in which this story takes place is owned by Decipher, a trading card company that used to make the Star Wars customizable card game. In 2002, Decipher lost the license for that CCG to Wizard, and so Decipher took the same game mechanics they used for their Star Wars game and created Wars, all uppercase W-A-R-S. And it was a Star Wars game that Decipher hoped would keep the gamers who were fans of their Star Wars game coming back for the same type of gameplay. Wars, the card game, didn't last very long, with the first game coming out in late 2004, and by early 2005, Decipher decided not to continue the game. That said, the Wars fan base belies its short's life, and much of that can be credited to Decipher's marketing of the game, including having such notable authors as Michael Stackpole and John Howe write the backstory for the Wars universe. 
But until picking up this book, I'd never even heard of Wars. And I have to say my inclination to pick up a book based on a short-lived card game would be pretty much zero. When it comes to licensed fiction, usually the fans of a license are the ones who buy that fiction. For example, if you've never played the Wing Commander games, you're unlikely to pick up William R. Fortune's novel Fleet Action. If you don't like Star Wars, you probably won't actively seek out Brian Daly's Han Solo at Star's End. And if, like me, you don't know or like wars, you probably wouldn't go out of your way to read Nathan P. Butler's Healers and Hunters. At least I wouldn't. My instant thought to reading a novel based on a franchise I don't love, such as a novel based on the Halo games or the X-Files TV series or Vampire the Masquerade, is that you couldn't pay me enough because I'm not a big enough fan of those franchises or perhaps I, in some of those cases, actively dislike them. So I wouldn't start reading what we Star Wars fans refer to as expanded universe fiction for those titles. But that you can't pay me enough is a knee-jerk reaction that I'm slightly ashamed of because no doubt some people feel the same way about novels based on Star Trek or Star Wars or Indiana Jones and so on. And as a big fan of Star Wars novels and my love of Star Wars novels having been the genesis for books and nachos... And I also am a fan of novels from other licensed fiction. I do realize there are some really great authors working in that field. Among some of my favorite authors who seem to specialize in licensed fiction are Kevin J. Anderson, who recently wrote a Superman and Batman book, has written Star Wars, many others. Aaron Alston, a very noted Star Wars writer. Peter David, who has written for Star Trek, as well as original novels and movie novelizations for many Marvel titles. Troy Denning, another great Star Wars author. Diane Duane, who I loved her Star Trek books, and many others. I feel they're talented writers who understand their genres and create enjoyable stories, and in many cases, I think that their novels are underappreciated as being works for hire when I sometimes think their books are better than the source material on which they're based. So let's try to bring this back to Nathan's Wars novella, though. Wars wasn't a successful enough card game to survive even one year, and though it has a hardcore group of devotees who still think of it fondly to this day, they have to be fairly small in number, I would think. As such, I'm guessing the vast majority of people, including most of you dear listeners, may have the same reaction to reading a story based in the Wars universe that I would have to say reading a Halo novel. But I'm here to tell you that reaction would be incorrect. As I read Healers and Hunters, I found myself reading a great sci-fi adventure with gripping action, likable characters who have believable motivations, and even a little bit of a horror story vibe. For his first professionally published prose story, Nathan's hit it out of the park, and I'm guessing it was an uphill battle. For those of you who, like me, aren't familiar with Wars, I'll attempt to describe it for you very briefly. Given that Wars is a game that was made when Decipher wanted to continue making a Star Wars game, even though they'd lost the Star Wars license, it should come as no surprise that, in my opinion, Wars seems like the biggest Star Wars ripoff since Battlestar Galactica. It's just different enough that Lucasfilm didn't see fit to sue, but man, are there some similarities. The Wars universe is set in the future, specifically the late 24th century, and Wars basically kept with the Star Wars archetypes. From what I can tell, instead of the Empire, you had the Earthers, who were a faction ruled by corporations. 
And instead of the rebels, you have the Ganjins, who are descendants of East Asians who moved to Mars following a nuclear disaster. And finally, instead of the scum and villainy bounty hunters like Boba Fett, you have the Mavericks, who are anarchists out on their own. And in the card game were various hero cards, starships, and more, all of which fit very neatly into the framework Decipher had created for their Star Wars game. And yet, I knew none of that as I started reading Nathan's novella. In my interview with Nathan, he told me that until he was hired to write this story, he hadn't heard of the Wars universe either, and honestly, I think that's to the benefit to readers of this story. Because Nathan started researching his story not knowing an Earther from a Ganjin from a Maverick, he understands the reader may very well not know the Wars universe either. As such, he realizes that his primary task is to tell an engaging, entertaining story, but he also has the task of setting up this Wars universe for the reader. That's something I feel a lot of tie-in friction writers fail in doing. No matter how much I love some of the Star Wars novels, I feel that it would be very difficult for someone who's never seen Star Wars to pick up one of these novels to read. Knowing the Star Wars vocabulary such as Jedi, lightsaber, and hyperspace is pretty much prerequisite. The same for Star Trek stories. If you don't know Warp 9 from a transporter or the relationship between the characters, the stories are all uphill. But Nathan deftly creates the Wars universe in what I felt was an unobtrusive way. I think that lesser authors would perhaps have had a prologue setting up the Wars universe in a few paragraphs before diving into the story, or perhaps ham-handedly inserting paragraphs of prose in the novel, killing the pacing for the sake of an information dump. That's a trick I've read far too often. But Nathan does none of that. He wisely realizes his primary goal is to entertain and not to provide you with a primer to the Wars universe. Nathan only brings the details in required to tell his story. If you know the universe, that may aid your enjoyment of some aspects of this story, but it is by no means required, and Nathan never relies on reader pre-knowledge, nor does he try to create a source book for wars that provides information not germane to the story at hand. And Nathan's story is fairly small in scope. The story revolves around Captain Rogan Hallard and his co-pilot Jerlin Cray, Earther Rangers who have been ordered to take the starship the Shadow Surfer to capture or kill Dr. Thompson Grager, an Earther scientist who'd been working on a new military technology that I won't reveal to keep you listeners spoiler free. Hallard and his team pursue Grager to a Maverick way station when a battle begins between the Mavericks trying to buy Grager's technology, the Earthers trying to reclaim it, and Grager himself who has his own agenda. This is an incredibly intimate story with a very manageable cast of characters that fit into archetypes familiar to any science fiction fans. And I believe Nathan's intimate knowledge of Star Wars, the story universe that Wars aped, aids him greatly in adapting deftly to this new universe. But I also think Nathan's choice to tell the story he did was an incredibly wise one. When handed an entire universe full of galactic conflict, to me it would be so tempting to tell a story of galactic import, of major wars and hundreds of primary characters, and try to immerse the reader, presumably a Wars fan, in the universe they know and love. But Nathan goes a different tact. Rather than give us Return of the Jedi or Battlefield Earth, Nathan gives us Pitch Black or Alien, a story of import to a number of key characters that takes place against a larger but mostly unexplored science fiction backdrop. Not only does this allow Nathan to have a far more manageable scope for his first professional novel, but it allows a reader to enjoy a story without a lot of heavy lifting. In fact, I was very surprised that this story takes place almost entirely without the involvement of the Ganjins. While mentioned, Nathan keeps the scope of the story much smaller than that, and as such, it allowed me as a reader new to wars to ease into this universe gently rather than have a steep learning curve, and it allows Nathan to further his writing craft without the arduous world crafting that a huge story would require. Plus, as the battle between the factions is the conceit of the Wars universe, it would be unresolvable anyway without retiring the franchise. 
But what really matters to me is the story. Do I have a good time reading the story? Does it engross me and involve me and make me care about the characters? And in regards to healers and hunters, the answer to each of those questions is yes. Between original characters and characters taken from the Wars card game, Nathan has a rogues gallery of heroes and villains that seem both fresh and familiar. In the very first chapter, we're introduced to Grager and Nathan teases us with his story. He's on the run, but why? From who? Is he our hero or our villain? From there, we get chapters introducing us to each new character and situation. And while the first few chapters did leave me flailing, trying to figure out who our main characters were, I found that almost every setup paid off. I feel Nathan is also aided by keeping his story shorter, novella length rather than a larger novel. It forces him to keep the story moving so we don't spend too long lingering needlessly. Every page of this novella has a purpose in the story, and that means the reading go real quickly. But overall, what I must praise Nathan on is his ability to write a good action scene. Adventure novels live and die by their action scenes. Is the reader able to visualize what the author intends? Is the pace such that it feels fast-paced no matter the speed at which the reader reads? Are things inventive? Do they build? And when it's over, is it satisfying? Nathan is great at the action scenes and tells two- and three-way battles in such an exhilarating manner that I found myself really engrossed in this story. And... Like any franchise author worth his salt, Nathan leaves some hooks in this novel to bait me as the reader to highly anticipate his follow-up, which I understand is currently in the works. So to anyone who enjoys genre fiction, especially a good sci-fi story with lots of action, I highly recommend you pick up Wars, The Battle of Phobos, The Earthers. It's available in print format at IndiePlanet.com for $16, but for 3 bucks you can get the Amazon Kindle version. The first few chapters are available for free at GrailQuestBooks.com, but for me the story really took off around chapter 5, so I suggest you just hit Amazon, pay the 3 bucks, and enjoy the story from start to finish. It's a quick read, but a highly enjoyable one that I enjoyed a lot more than I expected I might. So thank you again for joining me for this episode of Books and Nachos. Stuart will be back soon with his review of the novelization of Jaws the Revenge. And if you have a book you'd like to review at Books and Nachos, drop us an email at show at booksandnachos.com. Thanks for listening, and please remember to support your locally owned bookstore. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2011, Venganza Media Incorporated, all rights reserved.